Hi, I'm Aaron. And I'm Ashley. A few years ago, we set off on a journey to start doing hard things that enrich our marriage, relationship with God, family, and our health. Along the way, we've met a lot of other people who are living intentional, countercultural lives and getting out of their comfort zones. And in each episode of the Uncommon People podcast, we'll discuss parts of our own journey or share inspiring stories from the journeys of others. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Did you leave Barnes and Noble as frustrated as I did on Saturday? I wasn't with you when <laughs> when you walked away frustrated, but so we went to Barnes and Noble with our three children and I saw something that I've seen before actually. Like it's not it's not the first time that I've seen this at Barnes and Noble. But this time for whatever reason it just set me off. This is not a hate on Barnes and Noble specifically. It's not. We go there all the time. Yeah. Um, maybe the reason why it bothered you so much is because our child is an avid reader. Yes, that's true. <laughs> our four year old can read pretty much anything at this point. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously within reason, not yeah. like crazy, crazy long words or whatever. But um, as I was walking, and actually it was right near the, the, children's section but as i'm walking out from the children's section to go i I don't know i guess i was walking we were like leaving there's those tables in barnes and noble that are like in the center aisle Mm -hmm. and they have like you know noteworthy books or whatever yeah yeah Yeah. so this one table had all of these books and it was like kind of positioned in the self-help like our Barnes and Noble just recently changed their all yeah, their sections. It's supposed to it's accommodate weird. social distancing, I think. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. so there's like this corner, like a ninety degree angle corner of shelves, and in the open area between the two lines, there was this table, and it had all of these books with like explicit profanity in the titles: mm. "The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Bleep," mm-hmm. "You Are a mm-hmm. Bad Bleep." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, there's more. Yeah. Like I took a video of it cause we were vlogging the day and I took a video of it oh, because I don't think we should put it in. We're not going to put <laughs> it in, but I'm just saying like, I wanted to maybe blurred think like, remember them, remember how horrible it was more. Yeah. There was more. Those are the only two that can, uh, that come to my head right now. I've seen this before, but I'm frustrated because why does Barnes and Noble have Forget about the like our kid, like as far as not every four year old can read. Sure, so yeah, it's fine. Yeah. And I'm not saying that like in a bragging way, but yeah, we didn't like, teach him he, all that. <laughs> yeah, like he can read, but even not like even not thinking about him, the table is high enough for like you know normal sized five or six year olds mm-hmm. that can read. Most you know most of them yeah, they're yeah. already in yeah. school. Yeah, and it's and. There's all of these books with not just like mild profanity, but explicit profanity. Yeah, bleep out. In the title. Worthy. Yeah. In a position where, yeah, and, and most of them are. Like they'll have an asterisk or right. something like that. But it's like, I mean, come yeah. on. And you know that if the title of the book is so aggressive, if they just open the inside. I've never opened the inside of one of those books. But, I mean, I can only imagine what's in there. Yeah. And it's frustrating. That is really frustrating. 
And so it's frustrating for an adult that doesn't agree yeah. with with, you know, using that language. My parents always taught me and I think your parents said the same thing or something similar because I've heard your sister say it before that if you use profanity it's because you couldn't come up with more appropriate words way to say it. Yeah. yeah to say it and your shows it, your lack of intelligence i think that all started with my grandpa saying that to my mom you know <laughs> like when she was young yeah so mm-hmm. i mean yeah it's frustrating and i've seen that at barnes and noble before i think that that i partly maybe was a little on edge by it this time around because well for one we are dealing with our son who reads all he's the time pretty observant yeah he reads and he is observant. everything he sees basically he's very observant yeah. yeah like i mean yeah if it's he's worse just, he's gonna notice it he doesn't notice everything but th- that's kind of his thing so he does tend yeah. to notice that and then of course i you know i debated whether to reference the event and the you know all this other stuff but and there was an event in the last like two weeks that where celebrities you know and all that like an award show and there was a performance with two females who were like explicitly sexual on stage and it was like all over the news should you give the prerequisite that you haven't i have not watched it (laughs) okay i have not seen it um i don't even like even and now i was trying to remember what it was if it was the oscars or the grammys or whatever so i was like trying to figure it out without searching for it yeah but it was it, it was enough that like I mean people were talking about like it was you know people were commenting on it commentators on YouTube Ben Shapiro and others did like uh, you know uh, talked about it and it's just like man just the way they were describing it you know you like I don't even want to listen to the description you yeah. know of how these people were reacting on primetime television that mm. anyone could see yeah. But yet, you know, there's all of these other, like the, the there's a um, actress from The Mandalorian that got just got like fired for some kind of conservative. I don't even know the details, but some kind of conservative view. Like there's everything needs to be censored, and you know, very like very, you know, just everyone's PC, on PC, but just not so PC, PC at all. It's not it's really like, PC at all. It's right. just anti. anti-biblical worldview i guess or anti-conservatism or whatever the case may be but the whole point is like this event happened and there's a lot of people up in arms about it but it's okay it's okay for primetime tv yeah i mean i think back uh, this is gonna be a whole rant but i think back to like tim tebow the quarterback of the florida gators back you know in the mid 2000 like 2006 i think like people mad back then because he wore the you know the oh yeah the uh, eye stuff under you know that had john 316 on it yeah or or like would kneel down to pray and but yet people are kneeling during the anthem or you know just all there's just like this just this double standard of everything as far as uh you know protests and things like that are concerned and now content is just so aggressively explicit yeah on tv and in a bookstore and so it's important and what we're going to talk about today after this rant of (laughs) eight minutes is to guard your children from 
all of, I mean, it's just so important that we take an aggressive stance, equally as aggressive as the content is, we need to take an equally or greater aggressive stance on making sure that our children and ourselves are protected. Yeah, because when it really comes down to it, the whole goal of um, media is to make money off of your children. Yeah. Basically, and capture their attention. You know, I don't really genuinely believe the media outlets as a whole are after um, our children, like their souls, and they want them to be, you know, bad people or whatever, you know, something like that. Yeah. That's not what I think it's really about. They're there for to make money. Yeah. And the earlier they can capture children's attentions and hearts and uh, that kind of thing, the easier it is to do. But I'm not going to be naive and say that I don't think that there is an enemy that is, you know, not after our children For and sure. their minds and their hearts. And so we will preface this conversation, even though we've already kind of started it by saying, look, um, if you couldn't tell by Aaron's, I would, I, you called it a rant, but Aaron's, um, negative enthusiasm, <laughs> I don't even know what the word, how to describe it. But uh, passion, maybe, about the annoying encounters that we had this weekend um, and over the last week or so, we're not going to hold back on where we think this conversation needs to go, essentially. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying, like, um, I just don't, I, I want to warn you. Yeah, we care. We care about you as a parent. If you're a parent, we care about the children and your lives, whether you're a parent or not, we care about the children and we care about our children and the next generation of believers because they're growing up in a world that we can't even relate to. Aaron and I, so we're in our early thirties. We didn't have the internet when we were yeah, single digits. Really young, yeah. Like yeah, this. It, we, we're, we're not going to, and we didn't have TV. We didn't even have TV. That's true. Sorry. No, we're not. I mean, we're not going to hold back from what needs to be said because you know, it's, it's from a place of love and concern. And the reality is that the things that are becoming common, all of the sexual, sexually explicit content that's on the TV and online and everywhere else, all of the, language that's everywhere those things are so they're becoming so common that it's okay for primetime tv now which means it's more it's increasingly important for us to live uncommon lives which is what we always talk about here and uh, just the reality is you know some of the things that need to be done to protect your children from and yourselves i want to say your children and yourselves because it's equally as important and we'll have more episodes that dive deeper into this topic but as important as it is, it's, it's, you know, it's going to require more uncommon approaches when you compare it to culture and society as, as a whole. Yeah. So today we're going to just talk about, um, basically two categories of things and we're not, we'll, we'll share some resources as far as like, um, like application type stuff that you can do and use, but you as a parent or as a, I mean, just as a person for either for yourself or for a child in your life, you have to pray and seek God to show you and define for you where the boundaries for this stuff needs to be for your family. Absolutely. Because what may be appropriate in my, by my perspective may not be appropriate for, you know, everybody else um, or vice versa. 
you know, so we're, we're not going to get into, hey, you should not let your child watch SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> but yeah. personally, I don't like SpongeBob SquarePants. And if it's up to me, my child doesn't watch SpongeBob. Yeah. So he's also four and I just don't like it because it says S-H-U-T-U-P. S-H-U-T-U-P. Yeah, I made sure I spell it right. Um, you know, and that kind of stuff. But anyway, so the two areas we're going to kind of dive into talking about um, tonight are going to be influences in your child's life, specifically people that are influencing them. And then we're also going to talk about internet and, um, you know, kind of social media and explicit content online. So really for, you know, if you've listened to any of our episodes or if you know us in um, our quote unquote real life, <laughs> the podcast is still a real life, yeah. <laughs> but um, that we work with youth and young adults at our church. And um, we have great kids at our church. We have great parents at our church. So I want to put that out there before we start this conversation. But while we're talking about influences, people that are influencing your children, a lot of a lot of kids spend what is probably 30 hours a week at school, maybe 40, yeah. depending on how old they are. So they have a huge influence from their peers at school and their teachers, whether they go to a Christian school or they go to public school or secular, depending on if they're older. Um, but if you have children that are younger, that are like 12 to 18 years old, and younger than that even, and you let church be optional in their lives, youth events be optional in their lives, attending things that will grow, even just the fellowship aspect of the camaraderie in their youth group, even if it's like, well, they don't have to go because it's just a fun event or whatever, insert whatever. It doesn't have to be just a church service. But if you don't force them to go, essentially, mm -hmm. is what I'm coming to. I don't like that word, but still. Um, you don't give the youth leader an opportunity to try to grow a relationship with your child, nor do you give the whether it be other youth staff or even the other kids that are trying to live the same uncommon lifestyle that your family says they want to live. You know, if you don't give your child the opportunity to grow those relationships with the leader of your group or the other children, you're basically cutting off your nose to spite your face mm -hmm. <laughs> is what is the, um, you know, what is it idiom that we that we would use you're eliminating one of the greatest influences in your child's life yeah. and for what why why would you choose not to take them to a fellowship event on a friday night at church um i can think of some reasons that that are common for for parents to say you know oh that they have and and I'm just going to, I'll just go for it. Oh, they have a ball game the next day. Oh, they have, they're having a friend over. Oh, okay. Bring the friend or don't yeah. go. You know, my parents and granted, my parents were my pastor most of my life, but my parents didn't give us an option on yeah. going to youth events. It wasn't optional. Was it optional? For I don't, you? I don't remember a time where it was like, Hey, do you want to go? Yeah. It's like, Hey, there's an event and we're going. Yeah. And because of that, because of that consistency, I wanted to go to those events yeah, because those people were my friends. Mm -hmm. Those people were the girls that I liked. Mm -hmm. Those people yeah. were the, you know, the uh, people that I looked up to that I played sports with. 
you know, basketball and, and in the gyms, specifically when I was lived in Houston, yeah. you know, ninth, tenth, uh, eighth and ninth grade. Um, so, I mean, I had a desire to go because it was such a consistent aspect of my life that I was, you know, able to do it. Not only youth events, but church as well. Mm-hmm. Church services. Teenagers, especially, you know, from like 12 to until uh, they leave the parents' home are so vulnerable um, and so kind of flighty almost and like unstable you know that sounds like critical to describe them that way but think back to when you were a teenager I think of some of the thoughts that I had and some of the things that I did and I'm like oh my word what was I thinking well for real our brains don't stop like developing until we're like 25 right (laughs) so you know teenagers you don't need to let your teenager decide whether they're going to go to church or not Right. Or whether they're going to go to any kind of church related event. You know, it's if your desire is for them to live for God. Right. And that's a that's a gut check question. Yeah. Because you're in control of your household. I'm in control of my household. You can't control, like, we can't make our kids live for God. We'll do our best. But when they turn 18, if they leave our house and they forsake God, what are we supposed to do about that? Right. You know, yeah, they, I mean, they live under my roof that I pay for. And the same is with all of the things that they own. You mm-hmm. know, now some kids have jobs, but I mean, usually not at a younger age, at the, you know, early ages of youth group and things like that. Or sometimes even the olders. I mean, there, yeah. there's been plenty of kids that have passed through our youth group and kids that I knew growing up that didn't have high school jobs. Yeah. But in reality, I mean, you're, you're in control. And so if your desire is for your kids to live for God past your house, you know, assuming you want them to leave your house at some point as well, (laughs) if your desire is for them to live for God, then you, you have to control what you can control when you can control the time you have it. Cause it's not very long. Absolutely. It's the same like phenomenon of, you know, them being young and babies and you want to spend time with them and then they grow up and they, you know, leave the house or whatever. I mean, take advantage of the time that you have with them while they're in your house. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, take advantage of the time you have with them to influence their life or to put influences in their life. Yeah. Because parents like we 18 years or 20, you know, however long your kid is at home is not very long. Granted, by the time they're 18, they're going to be asserting their adulthood or trying to, even if they're yeah. still living in your house, which they should. Um, But like, it's not very long. So some of the reasons why I feel like parents don't make their kids go to youth events is silly things, just to be frank. Like, oh, I didn't want to have to, I didn't want to have to drive them. I'm going to be honest. I didn't want to have to take them. You know, I didn't want to have to budget the money so that they could attend the event. I really wanted to spend it on X, whatever, you know, whatever for me, for that. I wanted to have some convenience or, and so, you know what, don't, don't make your priorities out of whack like that to where convenience and your own personal satisfaction and spending your own time, how you want to as a parent, because especially when kids get to this preteen age where they're coming into like 11, 12, 13, they're super independent. If you give them their device, you're not going to see them for the rest of the weekend. They'll come down for food and that's it. And as parents, in some ways, as our children get more uh, independent, we're like, ooh, freedom for us as parents. I can do whatever I want. I can go start another career. I can go to school now. I could do whatever. Or I could 
binge watch Netflix for the next 10 years till these kids leave or whatever. Don't sacrifice your child's relationship with their youth group, with their youth leader, with God for the sake of your own selfishness, basically. Um, And then another thing about your youth leader being able to grow a relationship with your child, we can't, I'll just say we, because, you know, we work in that capacity right now, but we can't grow a relationship with kids if they're not consistently at stuff because they just don't, they don't know us. Think about any relationship that you have. Like it's a matter of consistency. And a lot of times, um, children, kids nowadays have a hard time communicating with adults because they're used to being on their phones. That's just a reality that we're aware of. And unfortunately their parents are on their phones a lot. Yeah. So they just don't spend quite as much communication time as kids maybe a generation or two ago did. And so we need as much time as we can with kids to build relationships with them. You may be thinking, I don't know why, the listener may be thinking, I don't know why you think your influence is so important. Yeah. <laughs> the reason why it's so important is because I can remember specific instances when I was a teenager where I was not brave enough to go to my parents to talk about stuff that I would go to my youth leader without a second thought and talk to them about. Yeah. Like, so when your kid is at school and he's offered pot and he, he wants to do it because his friends are doing it and it, it's not that wrong, right? Or whatever, trying to grapple with that in his mind. As much as we want to have grown a trusting and close relationship with our children, they may not go come to us. They may not come to mm-hmm. us, but they may be brave enough to go to their youth leader. Yeah. And think about it from the perspective of if you think about it from the, this, this perspective, if you're submitted to your pastor, right? Like you, the pastor that's in your life, the spiritual leader that's in your life, you go to their church, you listen to their sermons every week and you're submitted to them. Your pastor has put the full faith and trust of, you know, their reputation behind whatever minister they have, you know, elevated to youth ministry. Mm. So you may, you know, and it, and it's easy for us to say we or whatever, but our, our, I mean, our friends at the church, there's very few probably that listen to our podcast. These are these people that <laughs> listen are from all over. Yeah. So whatever youth pastor uh, is in your life, in your children's life, your pastor put his faith in them to be a spiritual, a spiritual leader for your children mm-hmm. because your, you know, 50 something year old pastor may not be able to relate. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just an arbitrary number, but sure. you, your pastor may not be able to relate to children. So they've put this young couple or young, you know, maybe single person, male or female team in, of some you know, variety. Yeah. Or some kind of committee like team uh, into position to be relevant to your kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, as we get older, we look at young youth workers. Even mm. now, we're starting to get to the age where we look at kids that are in youth ministry that were young when we were in youth ministry just starting out. And it's like, wow, they're so young. But mm-hmm. your pastor chose them mm-hmm. uh, to be a, a in a position of authority or influence to you know the children of the church, the younger people of the church. So... Uh, that's important to note, you know, to know. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and when it comes down to it for the youth pastor, youth leader, youth team, staff, whatever relationship to the members of the youth group, as much as like, we would love to see our kids like 
totally invested and sold out for God and on fire for God and loving God's word and reaching their lost friends and all these different things. When it really comes down to it at the end of the day, we want to have a relationship with them so that we are a safe place for them to come to when they encounter what inevitably they will encounter as teenagers. And none of them are exempt from that. If they don't experience some kind of temptation or opposition, um, in their school, in their public school or their Christian school where people believe differently than them and they try to tell them something different about what it means to be saved, what it means, what God is supposed to be like, you know, all these different kind of things they could learn contrary to their belief. If they don't encounter it in those places, they will guaranteed encounter it online. And that's what we're going to talk about next. Yeah. So online, I mean, just opens up a whole. This is like six podcast episodes, this topic right here. Yeah, I mean, it just opens just this whole chasm of, you know, what you can deal with. Uh, I mean, the most obvious is explicit content and social media. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, it's a wormhole, really. Yeah. I mean, there's so many I mean, I feel like every app that's out there right now that's supposed to appeal to teenagers and young adults is like a porn pit. That's what I call Instagram. Now, we use Instagram, Mm -hmm. and it's a tool for a lot of people. I mean, it's a tool for spreading the gospel even. Yeah. But you touch that explore feature, and it gets bad fast. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean... We could, I roll Aaron's rolling his eyes. You can't see him. <laughs> yeah, we I mean, we could go over all the reasons why your like children shouldn't have Instagram. We could go over all the reasons why adults shouldn't have Instagram. <laughs> uh, I mean, we could, you know, and again, we've just said we use it. We use it for the podcast. We use it personally. So, I mean, you know, it, discretion is key. But yeah. I mean, there's so many areas that uh, that you could fall into, uh, and, and I wanted to pull up the statistics. Barna uh, Research Group is one source that you can go to uh, to learn about statistics of like, you know, pornography exposure for young young people. Back when I was working for Be Broken Ministries, a nonprofit here in San Antonio that um, deals with these kinds of issues, uh, the statistics were something like the average age was seven or eight years old. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, of f- initial exposure to pornography, that was so, that was a couple years ago, several yeah. years ago actually, three or four years ago. So at this point now, I'm I'm guessing that's probably lower even with uh you know with um all the device you know accessibility and things like that. But yeah. the whole point of that is this, with the explicit nature of of you know being online. It is so important that you monitor or that you have some kind of protection around your children's devices. This should be a non-negotiable. Yeah. Your children are entitled to nothing on the internet. Absolutely. Especially and, nothing. And that, you're allowed that you to take for. anything away. Yeah. <laughs> Even absolutely. if you gave it to them already. You have to be brave and do it. Their like, life is on already, the line. If you already got so I mean, exposure to explicit content, to pornography, uh, exposure to risk. Y'all, like I'm a thirty 
two-year-old man Mm -hmm. and I have a running content related podcast and YouTube channel and Instagram. And when I post on Instagram, like you get these comments. If you use hashtags that are common, like runners of Instagram or something like that, you get these comments on your post that say, DM us for collabs, direct message us for collab, Mm -hmm. like from whatever looks like a company. Now, they're not targeting me to kidnap me and send me into human trafficking. (laughs) Yeah, but it happens. But I have personally seen a while ago, like, you know, in recent, more when I was using uh, Instagram personally, back when I had a personal Instagram where I was like posting normal stuff that people post on Instagram. Normal, normal uh, not just stuff. running like my Instagram now is just running related. That's all like I don't do anything else really. But um, I've seen youth in our youth group get comments that say like DM us for collab, mm-hmm. you know, a collab collaboration mm-hmm. and a child that we've already talked about, like, uh, um, you know, the brain's not fully developed. Yeah. A kid sees, you know, someone is giving them positive affirmation. affirmation that's what it is. On a post and they think, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm going to be a model I'm gonna or be something. An I'm going to be an influencer. I'm going to get ad dollars or whatever, whatever they think, you know, what, I mean, however they think it, it there's a risk of trafficking, mm-hmm. of exploitation, mm-hmm. Um, if you want a really good resource, there's a company called Bark and I think it's bark.us is the website. I think we'll link it in the description, but Bark is a company that's trying to take down like child, uh, child abuse mm-hmm. people, you know, uh, people that are abusing children. And literally they have like undercover videos and everything where they, they positioned uh, a female on their staff. That's an adult uh, that could be made up to look like a, a small child, like a a young, young, you know, 13 year old girl or something like that, that has literally gone into places and like met people and, and got them on tape, you know, uh, trying to get them to go to hotel rooms and stuff like that, trying to get her to go to hotel. Like these, this, there's people out there that are doing that kind of work. Bark.us is a great, I think it's .us is a great, um, resource to go look at, but they also offer, uh, an app where you can download it onto your child's device and you get, you monitor everything. Mm -hmm. It monitors the entire um, tech, like text messages, it gives like full, full, you know, they can't, it, nothing can be hidden. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, there's no reason why I'm, if you're going to give your, your child, uh, a cell phone or a tablet or something like that, there's no reason why you shouldn't take that precaution. Yeah. What I does mean, it cost you? 13, $15 a month? So that your child isn't addicted to porn? So that your child isn't addicted to pornography? So that Y'all, they're not... That, for, for real, I'm sorry to interrupt you. The, we're not just being like hyperbolic. No, we've had kids in our own group, good, solid, consistent kids struggle with this stuff for years. Yeah. It's and, and like they love God. They have a relationship yeah. with God. They want to be used. They want to commit their whole lives to God. And, and not just one, you know, this is just is a serious problem. Yeah. And, and I mean, you could get into all the statistics of even adults there, oh, yeah. there Barna, Barna group says that 80% of, uh, Christian men 
have admitted to viewing pornography within the last 12 months of the survey. I'm going to try to find it so we can link it, but at some point we'll get it uh, shared. I was trying to find it in a, in a hurry before we, uh, before we got on this, but, um, I mean, you know, so it's not, it's not just limited to kids, although that's what we're talking about right now, but a lot of these men that struggle, their addiction goes way back into Mm -hmm. childhood Mm -hmm. first exposure. Yeah. And And, I mean, it's no one is exempt Mm -hmm. Uh, male or female. No, females aren't exempt. No one is exempt. And parents don't, don't let your own hangups and your own struggles keep you from working on this issue with your children. Because I think sometimes that comes into play. It's like, well, I don't want to get onto my kid for being on their phone too much because then I have to change my phone habits. Or, well, I I watch pornography and I don't want, you know, I don't want to have to talk to my kid about that because who am I to tell them anything? I struggle with it. It's like, you're their parent. That's who you are to tell them. (laughs) And it's important for moms and dads to talk about this together. And if there seems to be some resistance from one party, then maybe that's another kind of conversation that needs to be had. I mean, with in a reality, <laughs> with a counselor, I mean, in reality, it, it is so, it is so detrimental to mental health, to spiritual health. I mean, j- just the, the things that you can get addicted to and exposed to creates unrealistic expectations. There's so much that can be said about what, the effect could be of your children being exposed to things online and not only that but the risks Mm -hmm. the the concerns of you know all the things that we've already talked about putting faith in someone that they don't even know Mm -hmm. you know uh, getting into a car with someone that they met online that they've never there's no connection to personally i mean there's just so many risks it's not worth it $15 $15 a month or $20 a month or $100 a month yeah. is not a reason to not protect your kids if you're going to allow them to be exposed yeah. to online. Yeah, and you, go ahead. quite frankly, games. Mm-hmm. I mean, the chat in the games. Chat in the games is bad. Yeah. I mean, there's so many risks in games and I mean, just everything you can do online. The innocent little games that your kids are playing most likely have chat features. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's just, it leaves me speechless that like believers, people that are trying, you know, parents that are trying to live for God, for one, it leaves me speechless that you would, you know, that someone would spend the money to have their, to let their kids have a smartphone. Like, it's just like, (laughs) get them a flip phone. Yeah. You know, if you, if it's really to keep in contact Mm -hmm. with them, like most people say, yeah, get them a flip phone. Like they don't, you know, they don't need to watch YouTube on their phone, like, or whatever. I really don't need to watch YouTube, but, but, uh, unless it's the uncommon people podcast channel. Um, (laughs) but, (laughs) but I mean, getting back to what I was about to say, it, it blows my mind that, People will just assume that it's not their kid. Like yeah, it just no, you can't assume you at all. can't assume that it's not your kid, or you definitely can't assume that not my kid's friends. Oh no, <laughs> you absolutely can't assume that. And so the the online, you know, the risks of online 
content and the social media, the negative impacts of social media. We could get into bullying. We could get into so much. We could get into so much surrounding social media and just the reality of kind of living almost a fake life and Mm -hmm. things like that. Your communication. I mean, it can affect communication to the point of, you know, if you if you're noticing that your child is having a problem communicating with other people you can't really you can't always use yourself as the litmus litmus test Mm -hmm. because they don't especially as they get older they don't necessarily want to talk to you yeah but if you notice that they are not having you know healthy conversation with other people or other adults but yet they're spending all the time with online communication i mean that's a concern and that's a that's a again we're not we're not trying to you know, we're not necessarily preaching against social media or against the internet or anything like that, but there's just so many risk factors. Yeah. You, you have to take care of your kids in the same way that you would get frustrated that there's books with profanity in a Barnes and Nobles booksellers. You, you can't be frustrated with that and just completely turn a blind eye to the internet. Yeah. And the things that your kids are consuming in that world. Um, we'll share in the resources for the show notes and um, description stuff, some options that you can use for phone like devices or stripped down phones for kids, because those things do exist out there. They're basically like phones that w- we had growing up. Yeah. Um, but still the phones that we had growing up, my parents took my phone every yeah. night and it stayed Mine in their too. room. It charged in their room. I don't know if it was nine or 10 o'clock or whatever. Um, there was no internet access anywhere in our house except for the living room. There yeah, was no TV in any enclosed room that I can think of. I think my brother had a tiny little like four inch one that had an antenna. Yeah, <laughs> It was like a travel TV or something like that. But so, you know, don't, it's your obligation and responsibility to protect your children. So if you're not sure where to start, the most basic thing to start is, um, you know, when you get home, the phones are going to live right here on this docking station. Everybody's yeah. does. So parents, you have to sacrifice some, you know, time <laughs> on Instagram until your kids have gone to bed. And then, um, you know, after you've done your schoolwork or whatever, everyone can have some screen time. That's fine. But then from dinner on, you know, we're going to stay off of our phones. That may be too extreme. You may need to start somewhere else. But yeah, your kids are going to throw a big old fit when you do it. Yeah. But consider the reward that you're earning yourself in the long run. It is so worth. I mean, I even think about it with our kids being small right now. There are some times that I'm like, man, I would love to just let my child get away with this and not have to train them on how to do such and such and just do it for them or just skip past this thing and not do it at all because they're throwing such a big old fit. The fit is worth teaching and training and protecting your children. Yeah, It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And if they're going to throw a big, huge fit about, you know, you taking their device away, they really needed their device taken away. Yeah. They don't have a, you can't expect teenagers to have a boundary with devices. Don't put that pressure on your child. You need to step in and do it for them. Yeah. Especially when you know that we, 
as adults have a hard time w- with boundaries on our devices. Yes. Time boundaries, things our like that. Our brains are I mean, supposed a, to be developed. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, I mean, look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself how much you struggle with time management or pornography yeah. or whatever the case may be. And, you know, just how could you expect your, your child to have it more together than you do? Yeah. Uh, other thing is like, you know, I mean, we see all the time you can go out, you can see children, youth, young adults uh, attached to their devices at like dinner tables with and restaurants headphones with on. headphones on. <laughs> like I, nothing. I remember one one specific time at Sausalito's Mexican restaurant in San Antonio, <laughs> place we used to go all the time. I remember one time seeing a, a girl. She was probably like. I don't know, maybe 13 or 14 that had headphones on and a device and was watching something. And the only other person at the table was what looked to be a grandparent. Mm. And it was like, man, poor grandma. Yeah. Like, like she's just dead to the girl basically. And also what an opportunity to be able to learn about your family heritage, to be able to learn about your parents and what they were like as kids, to be able to learn anything from someone who's been alive triple or quadruple the amount of time that you have. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's just sad. Church. Get that. That is a z- totally phone free place, but it's not. <laughs> and that's, what's horrible. It's like, if, if we can't, if our if we allow so so maybe they're not addicted to pornography yet on their devices but they're addicted to games or to whatever watching videos i mean if they can't pull themselves away this is going back to what we were saying about having them in church when you have them in church you need to have them in church yeah because when they're at church but not at church i mean it's almost like you might as well just left them at home. Yeah, because you know how you get so sucked into a video or a game you're playing whenever you're playing it. Even as yeah. adults, we lose track of time. Whoa, I played Candy Crush for eight hours yeah. on a flight. You know? right. We need to teach our young people, our children, our own children. Like as as parents, we need to teach our kids the importance of being present in a service. You know, and I mean, you know, there's, there's an age there's not a necessarily an age like line Mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, they need to put away the coloring books Mm -hmm. or whatever the toy. I mean, you, there's, there's balance there, but yeah. And children are different. And and if, 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 if babies, if children, if, if toddlers and, and, you know, really young kids uh, create those habits with devices in -hmm. church, again, it's just that going back to that, that message we've already said, how do we expect to take things away from them? Yeah. You know, as they've, we've let them become dependent on it at the dinner table, at the restaurants, at church. And so at what point do we pull back and say, Oh wait, by the way, we were supposed to be like showing you how important it is to pray yeah. and be in, uh, be in part of prayer service or be present in the worship service. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just, it's, it's sad that the world is in this, it, like technology is incredible. It's given us an opportunity to speak to people right now that are not even in the same state or maybe even country as us. Yeah. So there's incredible aspects of technology. It gives the opportunity for missionaries to communicate with, you know, people 
uh, on the other side of the world and for, you know, gospel right now, it gives an opportunity for people to view church online yeah. and it has for the last year, but it should never become a crutch for our relationship with God. And if we create bad habits, if we allow our kids to create bad habits early, uh, you know, it's going to be increasingly difficult for them to ever get past that. Yeah. So the earlier, the better. And parents remember that it's, it's a sacrifice of your time and energy and attention that's worth making. Cause it's so easy to let the devices babysit the kids. It's just mm-hmm. so easy, but it's really not worth it in the long run. So we know this is a conversation that lasted longer than maybe the last few episodes that we've posted has lasted. Um, but we want to challenge you parents not to be afraid of your children and their desire for devices. And, you know, God has called us to raise these people. We will only have them for, you know, 18 years or so. And this is the greatest mission field you'll ever experience in your whole life. Yeah. Care about their soul enough that you do the uncommon things that they're make them say, but my friends don't have to do that. Yeah. Good. Good. (laughs) That's fine. That's that's okay. Mm -hmm. You're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And you're not like all of your friends. Right. So hopefully you didn't, hopefully we can go to sleep. (laughs) So wound up. It's almost 10 (laughs) o'clock as we're recording this 10 o'clock PM. Hopefully we can go to sleep. Yeah. So hopefully, um, at least even though I know there'll be parts of this where that were convicting, that would be convicting to anybody, you know, you'll find one little area of it where, you know, you thought, Ooh, wow, I need to do better in that. Uh, but I hope there was a few places that you could at least say, Amen, that's true too. Cause I know we feel like that too, just because we're saying all this doesn't mean we have it all figured out. Right. Um, you know, and our children are young, we're aware of that, but uh, we thank you for giving the giving us the cre- you know the credit to be able to talk about things like this, even though our children are still young. Our children are young, but we've also worked in ministry for a yeah. decade. Thank you Youth for valuing ministry. that enough yeah. to listen to listen, especially to listen here to the end. <laughs> so um, don't forget to follow us on social media after the beatdown that we just gave the internet. Follow us there. Uh, <laughs> on Instagram at Uncommon People Podcast, and of course on YouTube. And until we meet again next week, we'll see you later. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good one.